John 4, (laughs) 13 through 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I know that when I was a kid, and I believe because God plants eternity in you, eternity in you. I remember when I was a kid reading those books about, you know, going and like drinking that water. Anybody remember those books? I don't even know. I mean, and, and it's like, you live for eternity, you know? They, the stinking devil, he got that idea from God. Th- that is a perversion. And kids, they love that like magic. They, they love that like magical feeling. I know that I was like, oh, you know, but it's actually real. You just turn and say, no, devil, I'm not drinking your garbage. No, I'm not going into that realm. But yeah, I am going to drink from the throne of God. And there's going to be a fountain in me that springs forth into eternal life. We are eternal beings. We are spirits. The first thing that we are is a spirit. And, and we possess a soul. Now, our soul is that realm of decision. And then we have a body that expresses what we believe, what we think, right? Because I'm expressing something different than, you know, somebody else. (laughs) Not in the church. I mean, like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) The first thing that we are is we're a spirit, and we all come from God. God created every single one of us. Amen? And none of us are an accident. None of you are here by accident. None of you were like, oh, this was an accident. No, you're not an accident. Actually, you're not at all. You are actually totally predestined and pre-planned by God to live right now and to exist and to walk this earth right now. There are no accidents. Everybody that's here is destined and determined to live. Death means separation. That's all it means. And that really helps, you know, to, to cope with things. You know, it's like, all it is is a separation. That's why when people like when they get a divorce, it feels like it literally feels like a death because it is. It is a sep- It's a severing. And all the the only death that we as believers will experience is is the severing from this body. But our spirit and our soul are going to go and be with Jesus forever. Now, when you're born, you are born into this world as totally pure and totally uh, innocent until the, the soul and the will begins to come into play. So a, a child that dies goes directly to heaven, goes directly to the throne of God. If a three-year-old, a four-year-old, a little child. Now, everybody's different at what they call the age of accountability. Everybody's different. And you know that because you can look at all your different kids and you can know that it's different for everybody. There are some uh, you know, um, you call them the old souls, like, like Zeke. Jason said, Zeke came out and said, give me a book. You got your old souls. And then you got those, like, uh, what do you call them? The, the young, the late bloomers. And so everybody's different in the way that their mind, will, and emotions are developing. And so there's a different age of accountability. I mean, some kids, it could be as late as like 13. Some kids, it could be as early as four. Um, but when that I remember actually when, when I was five and I remember going down a hill and I knew that I was late 
and I felt conviction for the first time. And I told my mom, I said, I felt my heart. I felt my heart today. And she was like, what? Because I knew I was late and it made me feel bad. Like I had that, you know what I mean? So I was five. So I do remember that time. Um, But then the spirit is separated from God. And, and everybody must be born again. Every single being that is at the age of accountability, that is not a baby that just doesn't know any better, and, and it's a different for different ages, but every single human being must be born again. The spirit must come alive, okay? So even if somebody has a lot of charisma and they are the biggest philanthropists in the world, and they just seem like not one evil thing could even come out of them, they still must be born again. They still must come alive in their spirit to God and make that decision and that choice for life. He says, choose life that you and your seed may live. So we choose life, and that is why it is very important, and I shared this in one of the videos that I did about raising kids. It is very important that you talk to your kids about being born again. Don't just think, well, it's just by way of osmosis, they're just getting it. Sit down and have these conversations at your dinner table with them. Do you know what it means to be born again? Have you been born again? And then have them explain it to you. And if they don't know what in the world it means to be born again, then talk to them about it. Explain it to them. Bring that understanding to them so they can make that choice and that decision to say, yes, I want Jesus for myself. I'm not going to ride on mom and dad's coattails anymore. I am going to make that choice for myself to follow Jesus. And then you can begin to disciple them in the things of God. And you can start those conversations as early as the Holy Spirit leads you. I don't even know why I'm going there, but anyways... Everybody must be born again, and death is separation. And then, um, so then we walk through this valley of the shadow of death. We are all just passing through, and this is called the valley of the shadow of death. Earth is a battlefield. Earth is, for us believers, the only hell that we'll know is walking through this earth. We get things thrown at us. You know, there's just things that some people just have a DNA that, you know, is, is off. Um, there's miracles and healing for that. But I'm just saying um, accidents, you know, just things happen. There is still evil in this valley of the shadow of death. This is the only hell that we will know. When we breathe out our last breath of this body and our spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord, there will be no more sorrow. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. There will, it will be gone. That old order of way, when we step over, it's done. This earth. Now, on the flip side, this earth is the only heaven that an unbeliever will ever know. So all the pleasures of this life, all of the riches and the things that felt so good and seemed so right will be also over for them. This is why we must win souls. This is why we must be so devoted to have compassion to pray people through into the kingdom of God because this is the battlefield. And when I was about about 17, because I knew Jason, um, and, and I knew that we were going to be together, but it was right when I first got born again. I came into a time of like dreams and visions. Like 
I, it was like, I got born again into such a spiritual, like everything spiritual was just opened up to me. And I was so incredibly hungry. And I stopped going to public school because I had gotten into a lot of trouble there. And so I would just do, do my schoolwork really quick. And then I had that five disc CD player, you know, those that the kids don't even know what those are anymore. Those five. And I would put in Hillsong because in the 90s, Hillsong was the, like, they were like on the, oh, and Vineyard, Vineyard. And I would just put in all the CDs that I could. And I would just lay on my floor with Jesus for hours. And I would have visions and trances and encounters. I mean, like, I just, that was all I did with my time. And then I went to church and then I just did a little bit of school and just got my diploma, you know. And, um, and one time I had a dream or a vision, I, I can't, I, 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 don't, I don't remember if it was a dream or vision, but I just remember what happened and what I saw. And it makes sense with what I'm saying about the earth just being this, this battlefield. Well, Jason and I, so I knew that we were together, so I was probably like 17, and um, we were riding on horses behind Jesus. And I'm telling you, it was so fast. We were riding so fast, but I wasn't afraid. But I knew that it was fast. I knew that we were going somewhere, that there was a destiny. That the, and you could hear the, the galloping. You could hear the sound of the horses just, you know what I mean, going fast. And, and we were following Jesus, and, our, and it was intense. And our eyes were on Jesus, and we were on this, like, um, kind of a cliff, but there was trenches on both sides. And, and he was like, get him, get him. And the Lord was giving us commands, get him. And Jason and I would be on our horse, but we would lean down and we would rip people out of the trenches and get them on and throw them in back. And then they would just get, they would ride with us. You know, and the Lord was showing me, you know, the call on my life and the things that we were supposed to be doing. But this is the battlefield. The door closes and it's too late, you know, and we must be awakened and alive with compassion. But we also need to know that it's not our own energy. It's not our own strength. We become crucified with Christ, okay? And then we truly live and we give over to the hunger and the thirst. And then we truly have that living water to give to people. This is true abundant life is to stop living for ourselves and to live for the kingdom. And there is energy available. There is strength available. I mean, come on, everybody needs rest. Jesus says, come to me and rest. So there is rest available as well. But we need to know when it's time to get off the rusty dusty and get going and get moving. Amen? Because the time is short. All I know in that vision is that we were going fast. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 8, 1 through 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So again, we, we operate, once we come into that time of life, we come into the law of sin and death and we're, we, are, we are in its grips. Even people that seem meek and seem kind and everything, they're still under that law of sin and death because of what Adam and Eve did. But don't blame them because you would have done it too. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life 
Hallelujah. Um, so when we don't walk in the flesh and when we walk in the spirit, we live by a whole new law. It is the law of the spirit of life, bringing life with us wherever we go. The river of life touching and healing and transforming everything around us. Hallelujah. 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 There's strength in that river. There's joy in that river. There's love in that river. There's revival in that river. There is destiny in that river. Hallelujah. And this river is for you. This law of the spirit of life is for you. Ha. Last week, we, did, we talked about, about hell. We talked about eternal damnation. And we talked about that, the great white throne of judgment. And I really liked what Pastor Shane was saying with the communion about, you know, we just need to really examine ourselves constantly. Make sure that we're in the faith, you know, and let the Father prune. If you just get over your darn self and, and begin to enjoy correction, it's actually very pleasurable. You know what I'm saying? Even though it does hurt, you know. I mean, I know with my boys, man, when I would get them in that back room and take care of business, there was instant joy. It was like the thing broke. Ha <laughs> yeah. It would break. It would break. D discipline breaks that, that spirit trying to work. And so we need the discipline of the Lord and we need not to despise it. At, don't despise his discipline. Amen. We don't even care if you have to be laid out on this altar, just crying the thing out. We would rather see that than sit and just like, nope. I don't know how the spirit of God can move and you not be moved by him or people, should I say. I know nobody in here, but, but, um, but uh, it's better that we allow the Lord to judge us now, that we allow that to come upon us now because there will come that day. You know, the mind, we live in America. We have all the pleasures. We have all the, 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 the you know what I'm saying? So it's like there, the problem, the, the prosperity part of that is great. The ability to, you know, fund uh, feeding the nations is great. The freedom of, of religion is great. All of these things. There is a problem, though, in the comforts of this that you can forget that we are living for eternity in the comfort of this life. And then before you know it, you're standing before the throne. Thank God for the blood. Now, without the blood, there is no remission. There is an answer. Praise the Lord. We are not stuck with no, what if we had no answer? We would be, we would be instantly banished from the presence of God. But he has provided an answer through the blood, through Jesus. There is remission of sins. Amen. But we constantly keep coming to the Father because he still says that by our works and by our words, we will be judged. There will be that time when the books will be opened. I mean, I can think of some things. And what's the first thing we do? Repent! Say, Lord, please forgive me for that and wash that in the blood. Hallelujah. Now, when we, when we repent of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he has this big supernatural eraser that if you really meant it, not because you got caught or not because, you know what I mean, just to try because, but if you truly meant that sincerely from your heart, that thing is erased and removed as far as the East is from the West. It is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. 
Hallelujah. And we can walk in that maturity of the spirit because when he says be perfect, he means perfect means mature. Now we expect our children to come up to adulthood. It's a great joy of ours to raise them up into adulthood. There's a joy in it. There's, this is why I'm disciplining you. I'm not doing it just to be the bad guy or you know what I mean? There's a joy in raising them up and same with your father with you. He is taking joy in you. He is taking delight in growing you up into maturity in your relationship with him so that you can really be Jesus on this earth. Amen. So you can really walk out that awesome spirit-filled life that he has for you. Praise the Lord. Woo. So let the light shine now. Let the cockroaches run now. Let them go. Release the garbage now. Let every chain be broken now in the name of Jesus. We loose every mind in this place that would think that it can't be done. That is a lie from the pit of hell. We release life, life, life over you. No more bondage, no more chains and going back. Catch yourself in the heat of the moment. There is a heat of the moment. There's always when the temptation comes, there's a heat of the moment where you can make a choice. You can decide in that heat of the moment. Don't allow the devil to keep telling you, you can't decide, you can't decide, you're stuck. That's a lie. There is a heat of a moment and you can finally stand up and say, no, no more. I am not doing that anymore and I am not going to live that way anymore. You can. We rebuke every lie. Every lying spirit that would want to tell you that you can't. You have the ability in Christ Jesus. Next time when that heat of the moment comes, Make a change. Make a change. Hallelujah. Watch the rewards of the Lord. Watch what he does for your life when you decide a life. When you choose life. So blessed. So blessed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Woo. Now let's go down that same chapter. And again, we are walking through the valley, right? We're walking through this valley. Understandable. God even understands that. And yet, 831, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You tell Satan just like Jesus did. You have nothing in me. You, we don't have fellowship. I'm not your friend. You don't own me. You don't tell me what to do. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I am a soldier in the army of life. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I have rivers of living water that constantly flow out of me. And I speak to my own soul when I'm discouraged. If God is for you. Who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died 
and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So as if God is not good enough already, he just keeps on getting better, keeps on. Well, he doesn't, but we keep getting revelations of how gooder and gooder and better and better he is, right? Because it's like, wow, you know, you saved me, you filled me with your Holy Spirit. And then, oh yeah, by the way, Jesus is interceding for you. Jesus himself is talking to the Father about you. He's saying, hey, him, let's, let's get him. Let's rain on him. Hey, let's get him. Let's have him do this. Let's have him do that. Let's have her do that. Amen? Jesus himself is standing in the gap for humanity. He loves you. Jesus loves you. Okay. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. So there are many believers that are giving their lives. They're laying their lives down daily for the gospel. So we, we, let's look at things in that perspective. Are we really going through it, or is it just that we've been conditioned with a mindset that needs to be broken? We have got brothers and sisters who are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. They give their lives willingly. Even now, in this day, in the Middle East, in China, you know? So are we just conditioned to have a bad day? (laughs) there's no bad days when we really get the revelation that we are alive in the spirit of Christ and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. That is our treasure and our prize and our reward and what we're living for anyways. Hallelujah. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So Pablo, I want you to come up here. So Pablo is, is, a, is like this MMA fighter. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. So, so Pablo goes into battle, man, and it's a close one, okay? But in the end, he completely knocks out his rival. You know what I'm saying? Just on his face, stomps his head. No, you can't really do that, but, you know, Jesus did. But, um... So Pablo is declared the winner. Ding, 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 ding. Pablo is the conqueror. He's the conqueror. So Pablo gets his belt. He gets his thing. And then Pablo gets a check, right? There you go. So, yeah, Pablo. Now, Pablo goes home and he gives his check to his wife. So Pablo is the conqueror, but stand up. Kristen is more than a conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. She got the check. He did it. She got the check. You're more than a conqueror. So you are more than a conqueror. Jesus defeated the enemy. He conquered sin, hell, and the grave. He stomped on the rules. He got to stomp on his head. He He got to parade him openly and say, he's done. And then he gave you the check. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So use it wisely. 
Honor him with what he's given you. Honor him with what he's done for you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pablo and Kristen. (laughs) For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sila, just meditate on that for a minute. Nothing, nothing. So in that is a huge world of possibilities of your life being lived for the honor of the king. Rivers of living water. Let the river just run over you. Let him fill you this morning. Let him fill you. (laughs) Just let him, let him. We love it. We invite it. We welcome it. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, not the flesh nature, not that carnal-minded nature, but the body, the life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we are crucified with Christ, but we live the law of the spirit of life. No more empty living. No more empty. Going around the same, oh, I just need that paycheck, and it's never enough, and it's already gone in three days, and that's all I'm living for, and this hopeless, no more of that. We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. Now we have purpose. Now we have motion. Now we have faith to conquer. Amen? This is the life, abundant life that Jesus has for us. Nothing can separate us. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, nothing can separate us. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. When you see stealing and killing and destroying, it is the thief. It is Satan. Remember, we're in a dispensation now. The cross of Christ split time. We are in a time of grace. We are in a time when God's favor is poured out upon the world and he is beckoning all men to come. It's like, it's like Noah's Ark. The door is open to salvation, to all that would come. But it's like when every last soul is in, God is going to close the door. So we are in that time. Meanwhile, the enemy still thinks that he can Take people from God's hand, right? But he can't. For those that are truly rooted and truly in the faith, nothing can move you and nothing can shake you. Hallelujah. Then just take a big old drink. Then just get filled with the spirit of the living God and you can laugh at famine. You can laugh at destruction. But I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. So life would have been good enough. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us life. 
But he's like, let me add something. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, this is not a natural thing. Our mind doesn't figure out, well, how am I going to get life more abundantly? It's something that God gives us. So we receive that abundant life as we're walking with the Lord, as we're walking in the process of growing in God. We don't go and try to get it on our own. We don't go and try to, we allow the Lord to bless us as we're in step with him. We stay in step with the spirit. Stay faithful to the spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus has come to give you abundant, abundant, abundant life. Hallelujah. There's a verse in 1 Peter. I don't know exactly where it is. I think it's 1 Peter 1. But he talks about how we've been born again, and now we have this living hope. A hope is a joyful, confident expectation. Hope is not like, well, I'm hoping, wishing, I'm just wishing and hoping. You know, the Lord is not moved by that and God, no, it's a joyful, confident expectation. And that hope that we have is alive. It is a living hope inside of us. Amen? Hallelujah. The hope of glory. Christ